0: Welcome to Punk Rock Personal Development, a podcast about getting your shit together and creating a life you love. I'm your host, Sarah Stars, and every week I speak to inspiring badasses about the nitty gritty of how they live with passion and purpose. My guests and I might embrace a bit of woo woo every now and again, but we also get really honest about what it takes to grapple with your demons, transform your life, truly accept yourself, and strike out in the direction of your dreams. Because personal development only works if you do. That's what's so punk rock about it. Hello and welcome to Punk Rock Personal Development Episode 14. You can access all of the show notes for this episode at sarahstars.com. That's S-T-A-R-R-S, sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 14. It's no secret that I'm totally obsessed with social media, but until recently, I'd only been using Pinterest sporadically. I recently gave my entire account an overhaul, and I'm loving using it to vision board my whole life, as well as share my favorite content online. So I'm actually collecting all of these images that represent the little details that I want and the little behaviors and actions and choices and aesthetics that I want to use to design my dream life. And I'm loving having all of those in one place and kind of sharing that vision with everyone. But it's also giving me a place to collect and curate and share all of my favorite content and articles that I find online. So if you'd like to check that out, you can find me at pinterest.com slash underscore. Okay, so today I'm sharing an episode with Megan Watterson. Megan is the author of Reveal, a sacred manual for getting spiritually naked, and she's co-author of How to Love Yourself and Sometimes Other People. Megan is a spiritual misfit and a scholar of the divine feminine, but if you're not a religious person, don't let that put you off. Megan talks about spirituality in a way that I've never encountered before, and she offers soulful, practical advice for loving yourself and connecting with the truth of who you are. In addition to sharing more of her story, Megan goes through a fantastic step-by-step process for getting in touch with with yourself through journaling, as well as the top three practices she recommends for starting or deepening your self-love journey. Hi, Megan, how are you? I'm great, thank you. So I just thought we'd get started by, um, for people who don't know you, can you share a little bit about your journey? Who are you and what do you do? Oh, goodness. I am a theologian
1: and an indie mom. I like that description much better than single mom. So I'm an indie mom. I'm a writer and a speaker. And I my, both of my books have been with Hay House, which I adore. M- amazing spiritual community that they've gathered, Hay House. And um, my first book was based on the Divine Feminine and my personal journey to uncover stories of the Divine Feminine in the hopes that I could connect to that aspect of myself, that, that aspect of love, and what I ended up referring to as the soul voice inside me. I wanted to find that. And so it's part of um, the scholarship that I went through with uh, a Master's of Divinity and a Master's of Theological Studies. I was basically a nun for about six years, studying all of this uh, theology. So I bring a lot of that research and scholarship into Reveal, um, but also I talk about the pilgrimages that I went on to the Black Madonna, and to Mary Magdalene, and um, my own personal journey to uncovering that soul voice inside me.
0: Sorry. And then
1: this most, sorry, this, this most recent book is, is called How to Love Yourself and Sometimes Other People. And it focuses mostly on the gospel of Mary Magdalene, which, which I talk about in Reveal. But in this book, I go much deeper.
0: So I just asked you one monumental question, and now I want to ask you another. And I I get that <laughs> it's really big, and if you know, however, you're able to answer it in this context will be amazing. Uh, because oh, so in I... your in your book reveal, you describe an understanding of spirituality that felt really new and different to me, and in another sense, it felt like coming home, because um, it it spoke to this really deep yearning that I've felt for a spiritual connection that wasn't necessarily bound to one particular religious tradition. Hmm. and that was kind of, you know, predicated on a connection with myself. And so I'm wondering, can you share with us what is your understanding of God or what do you mean when you use that word? For me, it's that experience of, of love
1: that is love that is love that is love. It's within us and we can connect to it within us. For me, it's within my heart, and it's experiencing the presence of my own soul. And that love is limitless and unconditional. And it's the love that most of us spend a lot of time, energy, money, and relationships on trying to find. Um, for me, that's, that's my direct experience of God, are those moments when uh, I'm flooded with a love that overcomes fear and overcomes doubt. Um, it's, not even a, it's not even something I feel like I have to believe in. I, I feel like it's an actual experience that I can depend on and that I know deeply in my bones. It's a, it's a physical reality. It, it isn't just a, you know, a thought or an idea it's it's actually something I can locate within me. And um, so for me, it's that, that unbelievably indescribable love.
0: That's really beautiful. So I'm wondering, for anyone who is feeling spiritually disconnected or isn't sure even what their spiritual beliefs are, how would you recommend that they go about deepening or even starting? a spiritual practice or kind of finding that relationship with divine?
1: Well, the most important and exciting aspect of my journey has been this realization that I contain the answers that I need. You know, there's uh, there's often a struggle with self-doubt. There's often a struggle with a sense of self-worth. There's also you know, often this um, struggle with wanting to put authority on someone else to tell us what to do or to tell us what's right or to tell us just, you know, what's true for us, um, which way we should go. Sometimes we want so desperately for somebody else to show us the way. And for me, what has been the most powerful is this very unassuming, and really, in a way, profoundly simple effort of just turning inward. Uh, I created, in in Reveal, I created what I call the soul voice meditation. And it's a practice that allows you to go inward and meet with that voice inside of you that, for me, is a voice of love. It's a voice of truth. It's your own authentic core. And meet with that voice, you know, if, if the word soul or the idea of soul is, you know, still something too new or, or something you can't really wrap your head around, that's okay. You can just start with this idea of wanting to meet the voice of love inside you and um, developing the soul voice meditation and then staying with it was what transformed my life and um, and it's one of the most important spiritual tools that I I give when I work with people in retreats and workshops and talks is um, just creating space and creating the kind of trust um, or reestablishing that trust for what the answers that we hear within us, our own answers that we contain, learning how to hear them and then trust them, trust them enough to actually take action on them.
0: And I know there's a version of that soul voice meditation that people can download from your website. So I'll be sure to include yes. a link to that in the show notes.
1: Yes, it's free and Hay House produced it. it it's um, about a 20 or 30 minute soul voice meditation that guides um, guides anyone through the, the the practice and gives suggestions about, you know, how to identify what might be the soul voice versus the voice of fear, and you know how you distinguish between the two, and other ways that you can practice the soul voice meditation. Because it doesn't just have to happen, you know, on a meditation cushion at five in the morning before the sun comes up. Um, it's it's also something that we can do in in very short inter- intervals throughout the day. So someone who, for example, is a single mom and someone who's just an incredibly busy uh person and doesn't feel like they can integrate this um there's some suggestions about how to begin the practice just by lining it up with the you know habituated things that you already do in the day like brushing your teeth taking a shower and just taking that moment to give your soul a fist pump and say you leave me
0: oh i love that And I also, I really love reading about how you started writing in your journal in red ink and kind of tuning into that soul voice. And I'm wondering, how did that differ from your previous journaling practices? Because I know you had said you'd been journaling for a long time before that.
1: That's a great question. And I actually just, um, I just got back from a retreat, a reveal retreat. And um, I gave one of my red pens to one of the ladies who were there, who was there because um, sometimes going inward, you know, starting off by doing the soul voice meditation, sometimes that's almost too intimidating just to be still and to go inward. Sometimes, you know, people can meet with either a whole mess of thoughts that swarm them or emotions that they're just not ready to feel or to face and sometimes having the mediary Having the medium and the intermediary of the journal can can distance us in a way where we can almost hear that voice um, in a less threatening way. So, you know, I I had been journaling since I was a little girl, um, writing those incredibly boring entries about like every <laughs> single teeny little detail of my day, um, which was you know just it was just a. It was a habit and it was a ritual that I loved, just reviewing my day. And when I got to divinity school um, and I had already been on my first pilgrimage, what I wanted to do was to try to reconnect to the love that overwhelmed me when I was um, visiting cathedrals and going to sacred sites of the Divine Feminine. There were different moments when I was just literally brought to my knees because of the love that that overwhelmed me, and I wanted to figure out how, you know, how can I get little sips of that so that I'm not like, you know, kind of floored in a way where you know I was like immobile for hours, you know, just like in this state of of rapture, feeling all of this. Um, unbelievable love flow through me and I was like you know what's the way to do this where I I wouldn't be you know so um, compromised Mm -hmm. by um, by that uh, experience how can I get a little taste of it and how can I bring it into my everyday um, so that I you know there's so few of us that would have the luxury to even go on a pilgrimage much, much less you know Um, be able to spend large amounts of time just, you know, on our knees in in ancient cathedrals, um, swooning with divine love. Um, So I wanted to figure out how can I bring little sips of it? How can I taste this in a way where I can connect to it daily? And so I began to shift my journal. I changed. I to the color red for for several different reasons, but but mostly because of love. And um, I began to write as if I was writing to that, you know, whatever that was, that energy, that reality that would allow me to know um, that only love is real and and would allow me to understand um, just the power of, of divine love. And so I started writing and, and and each journal was directed towards that reality, towards the voice of love um, within me. And eventually, you know, I would get to the end and ask questions, and um, I began to hear answers, like it would just flow through me. I just would um allow that voice to surface uh and this was before i was i was doing the soul voice meditation daily um and so that was that's an incredible it's an incredible starting point um for for someone who wants to begin to do this work but doing the soul voice meditation might not feel um possible yet doing that form of journaling is um where you, you ask a question and you can ask the question in black ink or some different color where you feel like you're speaking from yourself, you're, you're speaking from your ego, you know, which we need in order to get through the world and, you know, to go to the grocery store with pants on. I mean, we need an ego, but do we want our life to be led by the ego? Do we want to make major life decisions by the ego? No, we want to hear what the soul has to say. So use. Um, a color that denotes the ego and then use a color for the voice of your soul and just begin, just allow a voice to come through you, you know, allow that advice um, and just see what it is that you have to say. Um, it's, It's pretty amazing.
0: So is it really just a matter of putting pen to paper and seeing what comes out or are there any specific techniques or mindset tools that we need to learn in order to try this journaling? Well, I mean, you have to keep in mind that I was journaling,
1: I had been journaling for years and years. So I was used to the practice, in a way, when we're writing, we're going inward. But, but we're, um, we're sort of um, recording it all. <laughs> but but it, it really is a form of, for me, writing has always been a form of spiritual practice. It's always been a form of meditation and going inward and beginning to um, survey the interior landscape or just doing it with the pen. And so um, I would say for somebody who has never journaled before, uh, I would actually try to set an intention first before um, before writing to really hear the truth of what it is that you need to know. What um, a writing exercise I use this weekend at the retreat that I love is: um, you start a statement with just, just do, just to start your journaling. Just start it with what I need you to know is. Just use that phrase, but act as though that is coming from the voice of your soul. So it's your soul speaking to you. What I need you to know is, and and then just allow yourself to write. Um, and you know, for those who feel comfortable doing it, I I would allow yourself to create sacred space before before journaling before doing that writing um light a candle get you know get in a place where you feel like you can be still and quiet and then what i always do you know like i mentioned for the the soul voice meditations that can happen um very quickly uh, throughout the day, just the checking in and going inward. Just just take a moment before you start writing and really align yourself with a sense of truth within you. I do that by just imagining my consciousness entering my heart, which is what the Desert Fathers, um, where I first heard of this contemplative prayer called the Prayer of the Heart, um, it's where the soul voice came from is that idea of just bringing our consciousness into our heart and then allowing um, allowing a voice to emerge from that space. So we're not using the head and, and the rational mind. We're moving from a place of heart where where the soul abides.
0: That's really powerful. Thank you. Um so at the crux of your new book that you co-authored How to Love Yourself and Sometimes Other People is the idea of cultivating love for yourself and that that's the foundation of our ability to love other people. So I'd love to hear what does self-love mean to you?
1: Well there's a there's an ancient text called Thunder Perfect Mind. It it could be the oldest recorded uh text with the voice of the Divine Feminine that we have um, in, in the Western religions. It, it was, it's considered part of the Gnostic gospels found in Hammadi, And there is a passage in it that um, deep, deeply moved me when I first came across it. And it says, what is your inside is your outside. And what you see on the outside, you will see revealed on the inside. So this statement is suggesting that our capacity to love another is directly proportional to our own capacity to love ourselves. What we meet with within us, that love that is within us, and that love that we can give to ourselves, that's going to be Directly proportional to the love that we're we're able to give someone else. So, for example, if we start meeting up with uh, some aversion, say we're in a relationship and we start meeting up with an aversion for something that this person does, um, and we just, you know, we get triggered by it. It it upsets us. Um, A powerful inquiry can be to use that meditation and really go within. And this is, I use the soul voice meditation throughout the um, How to Love Yourself as well and give suggestions about what questions to go inward with. And in that situation, it's where has my love not yet reached? You know, to bring that question really into the heart of who we are and, and, you know, Usually, when we can 't forgive someone else for something it 's because we haven 't forgiven it within ourselves it 's because it 's something within us that we can 't look at or accept um, or embrace and um, so that practice of and that that passage has always moved me because it 's this idea that you know we really can only love another as much as we can love we can only love another as much as we love ourselves and so, in a, in a sense, there really isn't a difference between self-love and love, love of another. Um, it goes, that, that passage is really suggesting that everything is a sacred mirror. So our capacity to love someone else is is a mirror of our own capacity to love ourself.
0: Oh, that's giving me goose-pumples. And I was going <laughs> to ask you what you would say to someone who was worried that self-love is selfish, but that really answers it doesn't it
1: yes there, there is no difference there is no difference and if you truly love another you will want so deeply to learn to love yourself because that's only going to allow you to love that person more
0: in your book reveal there's a line that I love which is worth is not given it's claimed And I want to talk Mm. about what that looks like in practice. How was your life different once you started embodying that truth? Well, I became conscious
1: of the way that I, along with so many other women who were part of my women's spirituality group, um, we were participating in sort of this unconscious uh, reality that love was something we had to earn. know we had to deserve love we have to prove we were worthy of it so we um exerted tremendous amounts of energy to 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 prove that we were worthy in various different ways to our families to you know our spouses if we were married to our children Um, really Tied up in this idea and um, this misunderstanding that we had to show that we were worthy of love and then we would be loved. And, you know, for me, what I finally understood is that nothing would ever be enough. It would never, ever, ever be enough if I was looking for that affirmation. And that um, sense of approval of being worthy enough outside of me, nothing outside of me no one it didn 't matter how big you know the stamp of approval or or who the expert was or or who the person was in my life. it would never matter what where that worth had to be claimed was was within um, and it didn 't have to be earned or deserved I just needed to to claim it I just needed to remember that my worth my divine worth is a birthright I am worthy of love simply because I exist
0: and what did that claiming look like were there you know were there differences in your decisions and your thoughts what was the process oh, that you went through every,
1: it changed everything it was what allowed me then to trust that voice that I had always heard. I'd never, I'd never lost touch with that soul voice inside me. I'd never lost touch with my own truth. What I had lost was the bridge between my life and that truth. And that bridge was my own sense of self-worth. Once I had that, once I claimed that again, it was like giving my soul a microphone. You know, like I, I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted to do and I could listen inward whenever I wanted answers for what was next. And I actually trusted what I heard. I trusted the answers that I received from within me. And that was a revolution and it was. It changed the course of my my life. I I finally started um, writing and feeling a sense of knowing that it was okay to talk about what I was writing and thinking and believing and that um, my words might actually matter and um, help even just one other person. And so why would I ever? in my self-doubt and um, lack of love. Why would I ever keep, why would I ever be such a judge um, to keep my own voice from helping someone else, you know, reaching someone else, or, and this is the best, freeing someone else from that cage of self-doubt and fear. Um, So that was, that really was the turning point for me um, to begin the life that I I have since been living.
0: And for some people, the idea of loving themselves, I think, seems so completely foreign and feels impossible. So for those people that struggle with the idea of even liking themselves, what would be three steps or practices that are so small that they could try them this week to start on a journey of self-love? so
1: stay with me because when i first did this practice that i'm going to talk about um you know i laughed like every time i did it because i felt like it just you know was so silly um but it it ended up being incredibly powerful um so it's a mirror exercise and literally all you do is you look in the mirror and you get kind of close you know, so it's like, so you feel a little bit strange. You're like close to the mirror. And instead of looking, you know, at whatever, the lines around your eyes or the dark dark circles that you have, or instead of looking at your face, allow yourself to really begin to look at the presence that emerges from behind. Um, it's, it's even just taking a couple minutes where instead of, you know, cause most of the time when we look in the, in the mirror, there's a critical voice that's going through, um, and we'll, we'll say a whole host of like crazy mean things, you know, and so just taking a minute to allow the the critic to be silent and just really stare at yourself in your eyes and, and look for that presence that emerges from behind them. So that would be the first. The second would be to pick an I am statement, um, an affirmation that feels really powerful and most important right now for you to, to repeat. Um, you, you'll know that it's powerful for you because you'll get sort of a zing in your body, it, or it'll make you excited, or it'll make you a little bit kind of nervous, almost like you know you're you're putting on a dress that's way too expensive for you, or um, you know you're you're getting out on a stage, or um, and you're about to to speak about a topic that you've never said before. Like it'll give you that kind of giddy excitement. So choose an I am affirmation. Um, like, for example, I am beloved. I am worthy. Something very simple, but that, that authentically resonates with um, the frequency and the vibration that you want. You know, you, you're not there yet. You know, it's not something you quite believe, but it's something you want to resonate with. You want to um, believe. And so you want to know it's true. So you repeat that affirmation as much as you can all throughout the day, whenever you can think about it. And then you get out a Sharpie pen. And I've tried this, so trust me, it comes off. <laughs> and write it on your mirror. Just write it across your mirror, um, as many mirrors as you want, so that you're you're reminded of that affirmation when you look in the mirror at yourself. Um, and sometimes you don't even have to look at it, but it's sort of going to tap you on the shoulder, even if you see it out of the periphery, you know, of your eye. Just have that, and and put it in your workspace. Write it down, like have it, have it around outside of you, and then be chanting it, repeating it inside of you, so that it almost becomes a, a something that's like a steady ticker tape, like it's just on auto replay always to the point where you almost feel like it's tattooed on the underside of your skin. Just repeat it again and again and again. And it works magic. Um, it, It helps us get to a place where we understand the truth of it and we can align with really understanding that it is true for us. So the mirror exercise, the I am affirmation, and then I would try the soul voice meditation, even just a little taste of it. Because in the meditation, I suggest uh, the one that goes a bit deeper, where you really go inward. And then I also give suggestions for like baby steps, um, sort of tiptoeing into the uh, longer meditation. um, Ones where, you know, I, I said before, you just give your soul a fist pump. So say, for example, you're you're traveling you have a commute to work or um, you know you you have a ritual of taking a hot bath every night um, or a hot shower in the morning pick something that you do every day you brush your teeth so every time you brush your teeth um, pick something that you already do every day and then in that moment I want you to imagine dropping into the space of your heart which is really The heart is really, you know, it's not the organ. It's actually this metaphysical reality that exists within us. It's, you can think of it as sort of our own inner sanctuary. Just imagine dropping inward for a moment and allowing yourself to say to your soul, or if soul, you know, makes you go all wonky and weird to the love within you, just imagine saying to the love within you, okay, you show up. You be loud, and you need me today. You can just say those three things. That's it. And that alone, you know, setting that intention for love to lead you, for love to be loud in you, you know, for love to, to be present in you, you begin to to feel the way that um, you know, love isn't something that we find outside of us, or that we see, that we can ever seek for outside of us. Love is what we are. Love is what we contain. And it shifts our whole reality when we remember this and when we can really allow ourselves to become this.
0: I love how actionable and practical each of those steps are. And I'm going to challenge everyone listening to choose their I am affirmation statement. And if they're up for it, to share it with us in the podcast uh, show notes, comments, and I'll be sure to share mine there as well, because that's a really powerful practice. Okay, so one thing that I ask every guest, and this could be a song, a ritual, a food, a book, anything. What is one thing that you're obsessed with these days that's making your life better? (laughs) That's a great that's a great question. Uh for me
1: right now it's um binge watching episodes of the good wife. And I I say this in all seriousness that um, you know, sometimes we I remember when I finished reveal, I binge watched um Buffy the Vampire
0: Slayer. Yes. And
1: um, you know, s- sometimes we categorize things as spiritual or mundane or not sacred and um the reality is is that we need a a balance of all things and for me right now um watching like going through the stories and getting all caught up in the melodrama and just the fun and the levity the light of it um has been has been so nourishing, and and that can be so nourishing. I, I think it's really important to to keep to keep balance in our life, and for me, that that has been a lot of fun and has been really light. And I would say the second thing is um, rose and geranium oil from Floracopia. I can't I can't even say how much that oil does for me. I just rub a little on my wrists and then behind um, my ears, on my neck, and um, it is just the most divine, heavenly scent. And I, Or I sprinkle some in a bath and it's incredible the way that it just makes me feel, you know, nourished in places that food could never reach, if that makes sense. It's just so, um, it's so soothing.
0: And that's rose geranium essential oil. Yes, Amazing. rose geranium essential
1: oils from Floracopia. It's divine.
0: So, you've got your two books out, which I am sure people are going to be eager to grab. Um, but for people who want to go even deeper with this work, how can they work with you? Well,
1: sign up for my updates on my website. I'll be announcing my online read, ladies. And um, that way, too, people can find out
0: about live retreats that I will be doing in 2016. Amazing. So, as we wrap up, where can people find you online? Uh,
1: it's just my full name. My website just my full name. So, it's meganwatterson.com and that's double G double T.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you, Sarah. As someone who has always been really uncomfortable with the word God and who is just starting to come out of the spiritual closet, I love how accessible and personal Megan makes the divine feel. If you choose to take on her challenge, be sure to share your I am statement in the comments of the show notes, and I'll be sharing mine as well. You can find the show notes for this episode at sarahstars.com slash podcast slash 14. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. If you've enjoyed it, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can write anything you want in the review section, so why not let me know what you're obsessed with right now, or who you'd like me to interview next. This support will really help me to make exciting things happen with this podcast, and I'd appreciate it so much. Next week, I'm interviewing Kathleen Shannon, co-owner of Braid Creative and co-host of the Being Boss podcast. Not only is Kathleen a badass boss lady, but she's a deeply spiritual and inspiring person. We talk about so much in this episode, including Kathleen's daily routines, her spiritual beliefs and practices, what she does to unwind, why she took up bodybuilding and then chose to pursue boxing instead, and so much more. Until then, do something to get your shit together and create a life you love.